This episode is sponsored by Jennifer Nagel and the Success Revolution Society. A few months ago, I realized that I'd reached the stage in my business where I could really benefit from being part of a community of established, supportive, and fun business owners, just like me. But I wanted real community, not just another Facebook group that felt like a free-for-all, one that was intentionally curated to foster real connections, be inclusive, and help me build a profitable and joyful business. By joining the Success Revolution Society, I've found all of that and more. We have fun, celebrate each other, and we also get monthly personal development coaching, mastermind sessions, co-working sessions, business seminars, and mixers. Join us for our next business workshop and virtual mixer so that you can meet your next client, collaborator, or friend. Podcast and Amplify listeners can register for free by going to jennifernagel.co forward slash mixer and using code podcast and amplify all one word. I'm Kristen and you're listening to podcast and amplify a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I bring on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Listeners, welcome back to the show. So today we're going to be talking about something that I'm really excited about, why women need to be more selfish. I mean, I'm just going to let that land for a minute because I think that word selfish is so loaded when it comes to women, especially. And so I have the fabulous Gisela Pinto Caballero here to talk about why why we need to be more selfish as women and how we can do that, what we have to gain, what society has to gain. So welcome, Gisela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let me just read a little bit of your bio because it is impressive. So she was born in Cochabamba, Bolivia. And she grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, where she currently resides. And she got her BS in economics and finance from Bentley College in Massachusetts. And then she also got her master's in social work from Rhode Island College. And today she works as a psychotherapist and empowerment coach, providing um, sessions via telehealth, which is amazing that you can you know, reach more people virtually. And in her therapy and her coaching, Gisela feels strongly about empowering women to recognize their power that resides in noticing, nurturing, and developing their relationship with themselves. When I saw her online, I was like, oh, I have to talk to her. I think you did a masterclass that kind of had this title, and it really intrigued me. And so I'm so glad you're here today. So let's just jump in and talk about why is it so triggering for women to be selfish? <laughs> All the reasons, right? 
all the reasons, um, but I think primarily because of the message that we are given at a very young age. Uh, I think we grow up hearing that, you know, you can't be selfish, don't be selfish, right? And so it's such a negative connotation in our lives, right? In society at large, um, that it's such a, almost like a taboo thing. Like if someone says like, oh, you're being selfish, right? So it has such a negative, such a strong negative connotation, especially for women, because again, we we're raised, especially Latina women, to give our all to everybody else and therefore not being selfish, right? So as long as you give to everybody else, you're good. Someone may notice you're doing something for yourself and you say no, then immediately you're like, oh, I feel guilty. I think I'm being selfish. Yeah. And there's so much praise when you're selfless. Yeah. Right? There's like heaps and heaps of praise around. Oh, so yeah. she's so selfless. She does everything for everyone. And yeah. I think that really go, ties into why most women, most of us have become comfortable, like people pleasing, right? Yes, definitely. Thank you for bringing that up, that selfless, because I think it is kind of this thing, like, as long as I'm selfless, I'm good, right? Everything is good. And I think I just recently saw that word uh, in praise of someone, I don't know if it's Serena Williams or someone like that, you know, is doing amazing things in the world. But again, I feel like they attach the selfless thing as something that we need to pursue, Right. And I think that it's dangerous um, if we're not acknowledging the cost of that. Right. What What is the cost of that? And and I think this is where, you know, I like talking about selfishness. I like talking about things that possibly trigger women, especially because it will only help us start having these conversations more and more and more to open up our minds and see if, like, is this the way I want to behave in the world? Is this the way I want to show up? Is this serving me? Yeah, I love that you're helping to expand our minds. You're right, it is triggering, but not everything that's triggering is bad for you, right? Sometimes you need the trigger to like get you out of the conditioning or being that fish in water, right? Where you're just like, oh, I'm going to see what's going on. Yes, definitely. It's definitely there for our learning. Any any triggers, obviously, um, you know, there could be negative connotations, you know, when there is trauma or something like that, we can get triggered. Any really bad negative experience that we could have had in our lives and experience, we can get triggered by it, which it seems like it wouldn't be a good thing. But even then, in those situations, it's meant for us to learn and to grow, heal, learn and grow, basically. Right. Absolutely. And so we're talking about ourselves and the changes that we need to make. This really benefits everyone because when you're not giving from a depleted place, from a like, I'm just running on fumes place, that energy is so much different than I'm lit up, I'm full, and then I'm giving to you. So can you talk a little bit more about, yeah, just how that benefits the people around us? Again, going back to the selfishness, right? And how, you know, we don't want to even go near it. But when you think about it, you know, what does that actually mean? And and if I start acting this way, like, isn't it only going to be like a bad thing for me? And everybody's going to be angry at me. You know, this is something that takes a lot of courage, right? To recognize that this is unpopular, right? It's not the norm. And so it takes a lot of courage to recognize first and then act, uh, act selfishly, Uh, being okay with that. And giving to yourself first, right? Because that's really what it looks like. It's prioritizing your needs for your benefit and for the benefit of everyone else. 
So there's really no, nothing more to it than that, right? And then it's, it's obviously the actions to do that, right? And to recognize that the more you give, just like you alluded to, like you're giving to you, you're feeding you. So then you have energy for what you need to do for others, right? Because this is not about just hiding somewhere in a, in a lion land or going somewhere by yourself and just being like, oh my, thank God I got rid of everybody, right? This is about you doing that in your life, right? Really, yes, like finding a safe, sacred time and space for you, but then, you know, filling your yourself up so much that of course you want to continue to do that for others, right? Like you're giving to yourself and you feel great and good with it. And now you're ready. You're more than ready to give to everybody else. And, you know, this is not, I know I recognize that also it's not, it's easier said than done, right? But this is why it's a courageous act, right? And it is such an important uh, act for us to begin, not when, you know, after you've had a family and you recognize that you're in this place, now you have to start paying attention to you. Hopefully um, this message reaches uh, girls, especially at a younger age to know it's okay, you know, it's okay to do something for you first and then you can do it for your friend, right? Or for anybody else, right? That it, it's okay. It, it doesn't mean that you don't care about anybody. It doesn't mean that you don't love other people. And I also want to acknowledge that, yeah, there are selfish acts which are hurtful for people. So, you know, I am not immune to even me being selfish at some time and knowing that that wasn't the best thing or even inaction can be selfish, right? And so putting it into perspective, I, I believe like there's actually a spectrum, right? But I am talking about, you know, the selfishness where it's important to recognize that we have needs as women, as human beings, as individuals, and it's okay. It's okay to recognize them and do what you need to do for you so that you can do everything else that you want in the world for others as well. Yeah. And I love that distinction between, you know, there is a type of selfishness that is harmful to others, but that's not the kind of selfishness that we're talking about here. We're talking about the kind where it's in service to yourself so that you can be also in service to others. What are ways that women commonly say no to themselves and like deny their needs and their wants even? I feel that there's so many ways, but some of the, some of the maybe more common ways is volunteering, you know, volunteering, being like the one that like, I'll, I'll do it. Right. Or even maybe not even saying I'll do it, but just automatically going to do the things, especially when it comes to your family and maybe even extended family, just doing the things right. Like you go into this role of like, I'll do it all. Right. And I think that encompasses so many no's to you. So just being the person like, I'll do it all. I'll do it all. Taking up that role, I think, is a big way that women say no to themselves. What are ways that we can get unstuck from taking everything on and that people pleasing? Yes, I think one of the ways, again, this is a conversation for us to have, like, you know, hours and hours, right? But for the purpose of this, the time that we have today, I think one of the main things women can begin to do is set boundaries start setting boundaries, begin to say no, not to volunteer themselves, right? Maybe if someone says, hey, you know, what, who's going to start doing this? Oh, I'll start doing this, you know, just being quiet, allowing someone else to volunteer, right? So not immediately, you know, being like me, you know? So I think just kind of like allowing other people to take the lead, 
and being comfortable with sitting back and letting that happen. So those are a couple of things that we can start doing. I think just noticing where we can stop and not volunteer or raise our hands and also setting boundaries. Setting boundaries is huge and there's so many ways to set boundaries, right? Beginning to say no, beginning to practice saying no. What do you do when, because I'm thinking of the person who is really just used to operating in this way. And I can imagine that the discomfort that comes up from not volunteering, saying no, setting a boundary, like how do you deal with that? Like what, what are you, what are some tools that can help you? Obviously it's going to be uncomfortable, like extremely, right? Cause that's not your mode of operation, right? That's not, not your natural or what you've learned to be your natural way. So how, how do you help people sort of through that discomfort? Well, I think that having the support is number one, right? So I work with clients all the time in this area of empowering them, women, especially, right? To begin to notice like what's happening, what do I need, right? Start to asking themselves that question. And so having the support I think is essential uh, because many times, you know, you may want to do things differently, but if you don't have the support that provides accountability for you uh, and just the continued regular support to meet with someone, with, whether it's a therapist, a coach, then it becomes more difficult, you know, not that someone can't do it on their own, but I feel like it would just take them much longer, right? So having support around you, even people that maybe you see like a mentor, even a mentor could be someone that can help you stay accountable and just begin to make the changes. And so having that support, I believe is essential. And also just knowing and recognizing that this is a change, right? This is a change and any change is difficult. Any change, there's resistance. Any change, you get backlash. So recognizing that this is a big change, a big, big, big change that you are doing after X number of years of living this way. And so it's going to take time, right? Just recognizing it's going to take time. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a process. There's going to be two steps forward and maybe three back. Um, but it's okay, right? Because you're committed to living differently. You're committed to showing up differently for yourself. So this is why I like to talk a lot about the relationship with you because this is what it encompasses. Just noticing where you're, you feel like you're not benefiting anymore from the way you are being, right? That go-to person, the one that just does it all. And sometimes life makes it so that you recognize that you have to start looking at this because women, depending on where they are in their lives, they are sometimes faced with this thing of, okay, I have to now start paying attention to myself because now, for example, I don't have these children to take care of. If you have children, you know, that you were taking care of. And now all of a sudden they find themselves kind of like, now what? Right. And so that they start paying attention to these things and mental health, too, you know, comes up in this area, in this area where sometimes your mental health will trigger you to start paying more attention to you and what you need and what possibly may need to change in your life. Yeah, I think that sense of discomfort when I mean, you start to look at, oh, wait, like this bigger picture is not really working for me at some point has to be more uncomfortable than that momentary discomfort of being in that scenario where you're having to say no. I hear what you're saying in terms of having kids, for example, 
And then they've left the house or maybe having a husband and then you don't have a husband or you have a partner. When you're starting to think about, I'm the priority. Like, oh, okay. So that's such a, that's such a big shift. I'm sure it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but I know that you are really great at giving tools for like how we can begin to pay attention to ourselves, how we can start to prioritize like our needs. So can you talk about a few ways that we can begin to do that? Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. A, a technique that women can begin with is journaling, is just beginning to journal about, you know, again, like your needs. Like if you're working with a therapist, you're going to be, or, or a coach even, you may be talking about goals, right? And so, you know, if your goal is to begin to set more boundaries and you want a little something to help you kind of get down your thoughts and just recognize and be present with what is going on. But besides that, some like maybe more actionable steps besides the journaling can be just practicing, you know, recognizing like the awareness, you know, having the awareness of like, okay, I keep saying yes, you know, I keep volunteering. So working in that awareness, you know, recognizing, um, and it is a thing, it is a thing that you can do, just practice noticing, being aware uh, where am I doing this? You know, where do I recognize I keep doing this? Because sometimes, you know, again, change is not immediate. It's a process. And so one of the, the first things that is important to do is be aware of these behaviors that we have that get us into this place of, again, uh, prioritizing everybody else uh, versus ourselves. So journaling, I think, is a good way just to also stay present, you know, writing down like, this is what I'm working on. This is how I'm feeling. This is what is... I'm going through even amidst this change or this change I want to have. So it's a nice little kind of like a diary of sorts where you're just letting things out that can be coming up for you, right? Guilt, all these things. And um, again, in terms of goals, beginning to take some action, you know, just beginning to take some action, um, maybe action where um, it doesn't feel crazy. It doesn't feel like, oh my God, I can't do that. But just taking small steps, like where you could ask yourself, you know, where is it that, you know, I know I could just begin to take a step and it will be okay. It'll be okay for me to begin to take steps here to set boundaries, for example. And so when you're talking to a therapist or a coach, you can think about, explore what ways can this feel safe for me right now to begin to set these boundaries. Mm, I love that you brought up safety because I think that's a big part of it. Not feeling like maybe you'll be supported from the people around you who are used to you being a certain way. And then I think, like you said, with the coaching or a therapist, that's where you can learn to give, start giving yourself that internal support, right? And that internal, internal safety. Yes. And, and, you know, it's the more we take action towards things that feel scary and uncomfortable, the more evidence you create that it's okay, it's safe. And again, it can feel overwhelming to think that, you know, you're going to make this big change and like what's going to happen. And this is where processing and talking helps you out because you're able to kind of look at the possible barriers and even the things that you can expect. Okay, yes, expect people not to be happy, for example, expect maybe some backlash, 
expect maybe you not consistently, you know, taking these actions that we're talking about. So allowing for all of those things and being aware of them helps you, right? So that you're not like, oh my God, this is not going to work. And then people give up. But just knowing like, okay, these are, could be some barriers and it's okay for me to keep persisting and committing, you know, to this thing that I feel is important for me. Yeah, I like that sort of laying out the potential speed bumps or challenges. That's so important because then you're not just completely thrown off. You have anticipated that a little bit coming up. And so you can so much better manage it. You know, when we're not thinking through those things, that's when it's like, oh, shoot, I really got blown off my course. I'm just going to like, fetal position. Do you know what I mean? Like that yes. can yeah, it's happen. Like, yeah. I just better stay here and not do anything. Right. Because it's rocking the boat. It's who knows what can come up when you are deciding to show up differently, to act differently. It's, it's a scary thing. Again, when, especially if you're used to doing that for a big portion of your life, it is important to recognize that process. Again, like you said earlier, it's not easy, but it's essential if you are committed to making these changes for, for your good. And for the good of everybody else, because, you know, this is also you being a model, right? Being a model for other women, uh, your children, whether they're male or female, for others around you, you end up being a model, even for just even your partner, right? Because you're, you're deciding to do something different. It's not abandoning anyone. It's more just like transforming, a transitioning into a person that, that you're more aligned with, that you can be more aligned with, and that ultimately is going to be able to give so much more it seems like you're giving so much when you're acting so selflessly but who's being left behind is the most essential person which is you and so in this other way of being selfish everybody wins i love that it is you're modeling for like the younger girls coming up after you you're showing people you know how to be they should be treated you know i want to just kind of quickly share a couple of things around this relationship with you, like some tips. So these are just like three essential tips to help you begin to have this powerful relationship with yourself, which will also help you be more selfish in the best way possible. So one of them is positive self-talk. So recognizing, again, being aware of how do you speak to yourself? Many times we say things like, oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that, right? And so recognizing that that may not be the best way to talk to ourselves, even if we make a mistake, even if we do something that hurts someone's feelings or, you know, we mess up in some way, shape or form, recognizing that we can talk to ourselves in a loving way, recognizing that I made a mistake, you know, oh, I messed up in this, but maybe even being able to laugh with yourself about it versus speaking to yourself negatively. So that's just one example, right? There are many ways that we speak negatively to ourselves. I can never do this. I'll never learn, you know, so many ways. So being aware, of how do I speak to myself? What are the words that I use to communicate with myself is essential so that we can begin again to change that and to shift into more positive self-talk towards ourselves. That is so important. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I know for me, that critical voice in my head, I mean, it. she's powerful. And there was a time where I didn't even question her. And once you start listening, like really like, oh, what am I? Am I saying that to myself? Ow, that's really harsh. And 
you know, I think that's, that's a great tip of like where to start, you know, like, what are you saying? How hard are you being on yourself? Can you give yourself more grace and kindness? So that is one. My second actionable tip is to begin to set goals, begin to set goals. And you may be thinking like, where is that coming from? What does that have to do with anything? And from my personal experience, it's so important because I think when I learned about or, or heard about like setting goals for yourself, you know, whether it's financial goals or other goals in life, um, it seems so complicated, you know, to like, oh, you have to do this and I have to do this, I have to do this. And then you reach your goal. I felt like I shut down. It just seemed too much for me. And it wasn't until more recently where I learned that, you know, goals can be something that are easy uh, to, first of all, to set when you're doing it in a way that feels good and aligned with you, right? Sometimes we just make things harder and we complicate ourselves and we're just, forget it. I'm good. You know, I'll figure it out kind of thing. And so I think that's a way of sabotaging, you know, and not really paying attention to our needs, right? Because when you set goals, you're really paying attention to like, oh, what do I want? Right. It's like uh, this question where you're like, what, what would I want? What, what would I want to do? Again, your personal goals, right? We're not talking about like your family goals. This is for you. Like, what would I like, you know, what would I like to accomplish? Just those questions really are deep, right? When you think about what do I want, right? Again, paying attention to you, your needs. So I think setting goals are really important to begin to, again, start having a better relationship with yourself. Oh, I love that. I've been setting goals for a long time and I've never thought about it in those terms of like, I'm asking myself, like, what do I really want? I love that. And last but not least, relationship with money, right? Your relationship with money. Think about, you know, what is your relationship with money? The relationship we're having with money, with your finances, it mirrors like other relationships, especially, you know, more intimate relationships. So um, it's money in general is like a hot topic, right? It's a taboo topic. It's a topic a lot of people don't want to talk about, but it's really important as women, especially as we think about empowerment, as we think about, you know, the lives we want to lead again, thinking about what, you know, what kind of life do I want to have being turned on to money, you know, really being turned on to money, begin to recognize what relationship do I have? Because we could have a relationship that's really just uh, ambiguous or a really kind of like an unhealthy relationship. And again, that can mirror other areas in your life where you're having relationships. And so just starting to ask yourself the question, what is my relationship with money? You know, and for many of us, especially coming from um, immigrant backgrounds, we could have a really negative or unhealthy relationship with money based on our parents' relationship with money. And so that carries over to us and then uh, in our adult life, how that is manifesting. And so just beginning to ask yourself, what is the relationship I have with money? If it's not something that's beneficial, you know, how can I make it beneficial? What kind of relationship do I want to have with money? Again, that helps you think about more about, you know, abundance, prosperity, feeling safe and secure and feeling good with money. Yeah. And I think it also ties back to your desires, yes. right? And how can money be a support for yes. my desires? Yes. Yes. And there's so much, you know, there's so much about that relationship with money. Uh, you know, I have a mentor that I'm working with. And, and it's fascinating, right? There's so much to learn and there's so much, you know, to just continue to, I think, break free from in terms of like how we've been conditioned to uh, think, believe and feel about money and that these things continuously will come up. It's almost like there's never a point where you're going to be like, oh, you know, like I have a hundred percent, no issue 
with money, things will always come up that, you know, you have to kind of like pay attention to and release, you know, like release these negative beliefs. Yeah, definitely. I've done shows, the whole entire shows on money. And it's just like a topic you can endlessly, you know, talk about and dive into and, you know, get different beliefs around. So those are some really fantastic tips. Thank you so much for sharing those, you know, ways for us to pay attention to ourselves and our our desires and our wants. So before I let you go, I want to ask you, because this episode will be airing during Latinx Heritage Month, and you are one of our fabulous Latinas featured. So how is being a Latina a superpower? I would just say in general, but it could be in your life, in your business, like well, however you want to connect that. I love that question. <laughs> and it's I almost like, can I just think about it for a year? But I will say what, you know, what I'm thinking right now is a superpower. I just think that, you know, being Latina, um, being Bolivian, you know, I just want to say that too, because, you know, I'm so connected to my heritage, my culture, you know, is a superpower just because of the way I can look different. I like that I look different. I like that people recognize me being from somewhere else. Um, So just the way I look, I feel is in and of itself powerful. My accent, you know, that can, you know, it's interesting. I've developed more of an accent as I've gotten older in English. I can tell that people can notice something. I mean, my English is very good compared to my Spanish. So I like that, you know, I like that, again, people to notice that there's something there. So I think just the fact that we are different, there is this uniqueness about us and that there's so much behind who we are, you know, as Latinos, right? Because we come from all areas. Uh, We come from different um, class, you know, social status, uh, education, there's so much, there's just so much to us, right? So I think uh, my superpower as a Latina is just like, what you see, what you see and what you hear, and then being curious about, I wonder what else, you know, what else about her, right? So that curiosity that I can inspire in others to find out more about me and who I am and where I come from. I love that you are really owning your difference and making that such a positive differentiator like I'm different you know and aren't you curious to know more or to learn more and it's like an inviting in right oh I love that yeah yeah and I'm really bad sometimes to be honest with you because sometimes people ask me and I maybe I'm just not feeling so open that time that at that moment and they're like where where are you from that you know uh and I just say South America you know and so it leaves people still kind of like, uh-huh, because, you know, so it's interesting because again, like there's so many layers, right. To who we are, uh, to our identity, to how we identify, to how we feel like identifying sometimes, you know, and sometimes maybe, oh, you know, I'm from Bolivia um, or, you know, from whatever it is, uh, it's really up to me uh, to, you know, what I want to share and how much, but yeah, there's always so many more things you want to find out about people because they're not giving you everything or it's not as simple. (laughs) Yes. And we are not simple. No, I was a community. We are layered and, you know, multifaceted, which is, I think, something to celebrate. I want people to know how they can connect with you. So share anything you want so that people can connect. Okay, great. Thank you also for having me and this amazing podcast. Um, so happy, honored to be here and to be featured, uh, you know, and during this month, um, Hispanic Heritage Month. I love it.
easy ways to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Gisela, my first name, PC, my the first initials of my last name. So Gisela, G-U-I-S-E-L-A-P-C, at Gisela PC. That's about it. Perfect. Yeah. Easy peasy. Um, we will link to that in the show notes. And Gisela, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Kristen. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the show. And don't forget to check out this episode's sponsor, the Success Revolution Society. And use code podcast and amplify to join us at our next mixer. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.